This is Inside Jag Nation, the official podcast of the South Alabama Jaguars. Each week, hear from Jaguar student-athletes, coaches, staff, and alumni as they uncover and relive great stories. With this week's guest, here's former All-Sunbelt Conference offensive lineman Chris May and Jaguar radio broadcaster J.T. Crabtree. Thank you guys so much for joining us. You are tuned in to Inside Jag Nation, the official podcast of the South Alabama Athletics Program. I am Chris May and joined by my co-host, JT Crabtree. JT, how you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's up? Uh, Just making it, man. Enjoying the quarantine life. (laughs) We have a really special guest coming on with us today. He is a former teammate of mine. We actually had the pleasure of playing right beside each other for uh, a year together. He is a former offensive lineman, Drew Heavy Deerman. Drew, thanks so much for joining us, man. How you doing, brother? All right, guys, how's it going? Go Jags. Yeah, I like it, man. I see you You guys are both repping the Jaguar swag. I should have definitely worn one this morning, woke up, went to put one on, and everything was still wrinkled. And I was like, I ain't getting an ironing out this morning. Yeah. So <laughs> went with a, went with a regular shirt. But, but yeah, man, thanks so much for joining us. So, so what we like to do at the beginning here is just kind of walk through. Tell us where Drew Dearman is at today. Well, today, uh, Lord's Year 2020, I'm up here in uh, Birmingham. I live in Hoover uh, now, so I've been back home since I got done with school and uh, in Mobile. So I'm I'm living in Hoover now. Uh, you know, really, it's kind of funny. If, you know, if I was my nickname, I moved like less than half a mile from my Krispy Kreme, but I don't <laughs> go there just for reference only. If you wanted to find my house, I guess. But uh, so it's been good, man. Just working hard and uh, you know, bought a house and got a dog and a girlfriend so things are really looking up for me now I guess so <laughs> can't complain nice so what what are you doing nowadays for work so I'm in a I'm in the outside sales profession um, I've sold a little bit of everything here now I did a, a little bit of insurance and I did some dump trucks and trailers for a while and now I'm doing some more uh, contracting work on the side you know trying to you know really shake up the quarantine uh, drop here so you know we're fighting through it here in business so uh, trying to stay to our our uh, Morals here and keep uh, fighting, fighting through it, you know. So, same here, dude. Same here, do, doing the same. I'm quarantined up in, in my office uh, down here alone. So, rewinding back the tape a little bit, where did you get started playing football? I know that we both went to some kind of blue blood high schools in the state of Alabama. You went to Vestavia Hills, I, I went to Deschler. Um, how did the, the football career of Drew Deerman start? Well, um, as many offensive linemen, uh, I was a little hefty at first. I wasn't really allowed to play the park ball. Um, I thought I was too gifted to play in that, <laughs> in that league. So we did a little bit of everything. I used to wrestle and uh, play basketball and baseball. But uh, I didn't really shot ball in the past so I was in the seventh grade. Um, I was at middle school, you know, here in Birmingham. So that was you know, kind of where it started, you know, just the mesh jerseys and the, the Nike short cleats and the white socks. Man, it, was, it started from there, and, you know, when we were uh, – that's the year that I first started playing. But I guess before that, I did a year of flag football, believe it or not. And uh, we uh, got out there. I feel like I was the most athletic kid on the field. I played quarterback and flag football before playing right tackle for the rest of my life. So, um, <laughs> and guards, uh, one year of fame. So it was cool. But. Heavy, you have a very wide array of athletic ability. I, I think that, honestly, our whole O-line, those, you know, 2012 to 2014 was your last year. Honestly, all of us were pretty 
athletic in the the form of like we all played multiple sports. Yeah. Heavy has a mean mid range jumper from about. 14 feet out. And you're also a, correct me if I'm wrong, a state champion. You were on a state championship team, uh, right. basketball team, right? Right. I mean, I'm still pulling out some splinters from that run. <laughs> but I was on the team. You know, we were 2009 6A champs. Uh, shout out to the Rebel. Shout out to Jordan Swing for backpacking us all the way. Uh, but, yeah, it was a good run. I mean, I played basketball, you know, up until high school. And, uh, you know, just stay, stay real active. And I'll tell you what, JT, if we were up into the wreck for a – Walk through in the gym, you know, I always grab the basketball first. It'd be a, it'd be a Chris May pull up three from the corner. <laughs> a Melvin shoot shot from the wing, and I'm pulling up from the tee, hand down, man down. So, you know, as a lineman core group, we were pretty athletic. So it was it was fun, man. I always had a good time. <laughs> we did used to go run in the wreck as a group fairly often, man, especially hey. those first couple years. We used to have a lot of fun doing that. And you find out. Nobody wants to play when Chris blocks them out, you know. We start throwing a little bit of elbows. We get a little sweaty, and everybody's like, you know what? I'll, we'll do the five wide, spread them out. You know, wants to play, you know, pick and roll anymore. And the linemen start sweating up there. So, uh, but it was cool. There was a little advantage there for a while. <laughs> so, we both came into South together um, in 2010. What brought you down to South Alabama? How did that recruiting process look for you, and why did you end up choosing the Jags? I think I chose it because it was just a great opportunity. Um, you know, having an, an extra year of eligibility and, you know, the chance to lay the foundation. Um, you know, we went to the same camp. You know, Chris, we had the same recruiter, Tommy Perry, um, who really kind of opened our eyes to, you know, the, the sports world, you know, and just being a part of something new. Um, I mean, I remember Chris and I walking through the, the field house before it was built. You know, remember those columns? And he was like, just imagine – you know, he was like, just, you know, just think about it. You know, that meme, just think about it. And uh, so we did that, you know, but uh, and it was it was a really good journey. But I mean, just, just you know, be a part of something new, you know. And uh, I do got a good story that Chris may remember. But when we, we were all getting recruited, uh, myself, Chris, and Melvin, we all had an interest in going to Southern Miss at one point, you know. Yeah, that's right. We wanted to be Golden Eagles, and uh, we all had the same recruiter. I think he told us all the same verbatim story, like, hey, you know, we're signing Juco tackles, but we need high school guards. So stay on your, you know, be ready. We want you. And I think we all had the same story verbatim from the same coach, you know, when we got to South. So, um, you know, it's kind of crazy stuff like that happens, you know. But I think we all got there for a reason, you know, a little divine intervention. So, you know, I'm glad it happened. For sure. Yeah, me too, man. I enjoyed – so we both – we've roomed together on our official visit. Um, both of us woke up the next morning with cookie cake all over our face, which we got a good cookie cake story for later that we'll get into. But hey, this. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we roomed together then, and then we, both, we roomed together that first semester when we were in the Gammas too. Yeah, man. Um, so, so we had a lot of experiences together for sure, and, you know, in those old O-line rooms with Coach Turner – literally rolling in a projector and putting it up on the wall. We had one that hung from the ceiling, but he was just – he had to have the one that rolled in. So, we uh, – He was – I think he was one of those new rocking disciples. He's like to do it the old school way, you know, yeah. get you a chalkboard, you know, draw up the X's and O's. But, uh, yeah, a lot of good quotes, a lot of good memories. Um, you know, 
each time I see one of the linemen, you know, I always have a little bit of chirp about somebody, you know, or drop a John Turner quote or, you know. Got to have a good John Turner quote, man. <laughs> he, he had he was very quotable, that's for sure, man. We had that that great that first camp that we all had together. I ended up having to leave midway through it, but we all kind of came in. I think that there was what seven or eight of us. It was me, you, Melvin, Doty, Arts. Um, you Cambry ended up coming over from the D line eventually. We had Big Worm um, as well, who was there. Yeah, um, so we all came in, and they threw us in the storm. I mean, first day of camp, man, we were the twos. And yeah. back in those days, we didn't do much one one versus ones. We usually did twos versus ones. So we got thrown immediately into the fire and had That's no idea man. what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, we I ran wing T in high school. You, you guys basically just ran the ball, yeah, if I remember ran. correctly. I couldn't even pass block for real. Like at the South, you know, they were just yeah. like, what do you do? And I was like. You know, I don't. <laughs> you teach me now. That's why I'm here. So. Exactly. Yeah. So we we had to learn real quick um, as soon as we got there. But man, some some great experiences there. So, uh, what stood out about what has stood out to you about your time at South? I think just the lasting friendships, you know, and the experiences. You know, we were always like the first to do something, like you know, be a part of the first conference win, like, you know, I mean, we were literally right history, you know, as we were going. I mean, I was on the field for that FAU field goal, like the first conference win. Yeah, yeah. And I remember just being like, you know, that, hey, this is our chance to actually do it. Like, go out there and just hold tight, you know, shout out to the field goal team too. I mean, that was, those were tough days. Ride the lightning. Oh, <laughs> 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 I'm having flashbacks here. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just kind of, just you know, just be able to you know write history and then all the friendships. I mean, I still see you know a lot of guys when I travel, and you know, I don't get down to Mobile as much as I should, but uh, you know, I still you know, we see them on Facebook, and social media, so we're staying uh, social media friendly for sure. You know, I love that man. One of my my favorite like pregame speech memories that I that I have is actually from Malik Harris. It was before we were going out to play uh, that bowl game. And I remember him saying something to the extent of, we've already made history. It's time to go take history. And, like, hearing that, just saying that now still kind of gives me goosebumps. We, we just had Scott Garber on. We had Randon Carnathan on the show a couple months back, too. I think that we all kind of share that affinity for we all bought into, you know, hook, line, and sinker of a dream. Like, yeah. And that, that same story that you just said about I, – I vaguely remember, like, very vividly – walking in and you know seeing everything and seeing just the walls and the pillars up yeah. and the coaches saying like look this is going to be something someday i mean i'll tell you I, this. I found a note from tommy perry the other day like in my file you know i said like you know what are you going to do people are depending on you you know you could be a part of this like what are you going to do with your life and i actually put it on the fridge because i was like man time's tough nice i need Tommy Perry quote on the fridge right now, you know, so I happened to find it, you know, just like randomly. So it is kind of cool, uh, you know, but it was, he was a heck of a recruiter, man. He, uh, I mean, he was a huge, like he honestly, outside of the, the buying into the vision. I mean, he was the reason that I came to South, man. Like he, I felt like a lot of recruiters will just, they'll recruit you and they're, they're salespeople at the end of the day. Sometimes not, not saying that everybody's like that, but they, they just try and sell you a hill of beans. He was real. Uh, my favorite story that I remember from him, man, is he came to my hometown, you know, had an in-house visit, all that fun stuff. And when he came up there, he's like, hey, I need you to tell me somewhere to stop and eat. 
Um, I was like, all right, cool. So I told him Rosie's Cantina, which is like my favorite Mexican restaurant in my hometown. They like, you know, have like handmade flour tortillas. They're incredible. It's, it's legit. Um, he's like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll try it. So he actually went there and ate um, and then came back and told me like a few weeks later, he's like, hey, I remembered that, you know, he brought it back up. And to me, for some reason, that just stuck in my head that he actually like took my advice and went and ate somewhere, remembered it, brought it back up, you know, was telling me back about it. He honestly talked to my mom on the phone more than he talked to me. I can, um, I can test to that. You know, he was, my mom and his wife, Ms. Angela, were, were very tight off, you know, off the go. And, you know, she had a little bit of bad luck with cancer there for, you know, for a little while. You know, it was kind of, you know, my mom was like, you know, uh, reach, out, reach out to her, you know, during her, her tough times. I mean, you know, we kind of stayed in touch with them for, you know, for a little while just because it was right when, when uh, you know, we were both getting recruited and, you know, playing for him. So, you know, it was always kind of, you know, that kind of brought us together too. But just, you know, he he came in the house, you know, and just was really honest to us, you know. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he, he shot me straight, you know, in a world full of colluded, uh, non-truth, fake news. It was good to hear some, like, you know, just straight, you know, the truth, I guess, you know. So. Absolutely. I agree, man. I mean, he, he didn't come in pitching us – Hey, you're going to get playing time immediately. No, it was, Hey, look, we've got guys here that we think are going to be, you know, legit, some legends, some Chris Brunson, some, some John Griffins of the world. Um, man, I remember on our official visit, the first time that I had ever played a uh, golf video game. I don't know if you remember this. We sat like Corey Pittman was my host. I don't remember who yours was. But, yeah. They took us, they took us back to their apartment and we just sat and played Tiger Woods PGA Tour for like two yeah. hours. Oh, uh, man, it was an absolute blast. Yeah, they, they just goofed off and just, you know, told us about the, the school, told us about what was going on. And right. It was all it, – it wasn't glitz and, gr and glamour. It was just like, hey, this is, this is who we are. This is what we're looking to do. Right. They, they weren't, you know, treating us like some superstar or anything like that. It was, it was real, and it was great. It's good to be one of the boys, like just you know, as a yes. young dude, just to be like accepted, you know. So it was, it was cool. And actually, speaking to John Griffin, they had a good gag gift for him. They, uh, you know, he got married a few years ago, and for his wedding, they they had him a framed picture of of JT on there, uh, yelling at somebody. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there's a picture of him, of him getting it and just, like, holding this. Like, I can't believe I'm, I have a, picture, a frame picture of Coach Turner from my house now, you know. So. That's yeah, those guys were, man, good people. They were, man. All right, Drew, uh, we'll, we'll kind of shift gears from the reminiscing part and kind of looking ahead. Um, how, do you, how do you feel your time as a student athlete impacted where and who you are today? I think it was very instrumental. I mean, you know, honestly, when when you get to college like that, you know, we're kind of like a ball of clay. You know, you have a, a lot of opportunities to go in you know each direction, and so I think for me, you know, I joined the world of business and some sales, and you know, um, you know, really it was just very impactful. We just on time management, you know, performing under pressure, you know, and also just handling stress. Um, you know, after you spend five years getting yelled at you know, on the field, in the weight room, you know, all it just kind of seems like, you know, whatever, I'm just going to stay my course. Like I hear it, but I might let it affect me. And, you know, uh, just hearing that, in, you know, in, in work and just stay in the course really, you know. Um, I always thought, you know, once you talk to somebody, you know, like this, you thought it was me. You go, man, I remember Kirk Rain was a lot meaner than that, you know. I remember, uh, <laughs> you know, Freddie Rhodes used to be a lot, you know, more crispy than that. You know, these guys. So, Coach you know, Rod. Really crazy me. 
Coach Rod, yeah, Mitch Rodriguez, uh, big fan of his. Can't say his quotes on air, but uh, <laughs> that's for sure. He needs to write a book because I <laughs> a saying or something. But uh, yeah, so after all that, I mean, he kind of felt a little bit tougher, and you know, so but uh, what uh, what advice would you give to any current or soon to be collegiate student athlete? On this one, I think I got three three main points. You know, take care of your grades. Um, if you don't get that, you can't play. You know, uh, the second one I'd say just to take your visits. You know, and actually meet the players. Like Chris was saying, like you know, it's cool to meet them in a controlled setting with your parents and the coaches and stuff. But once you get away from you know the structured environment, you know, how are they really? Because I mean, that's who you're going to be spending your time with. You know, I mean we. We spend more time in the in the O line room watching film and just you know talking about you know weird stuff like that. You know, as as linemen do, you know, more than anything. So, uh, and then I'd say you know wherever you pick to go to school, you know, pick pick for the school and the people, not not really for the coach, because you know you don't you don't know how, how long they're going to be there. You know, we were lucky to have some of the same guys for a long time, but you look around now in the college football atmosphere. You know, the guys leading left and right. So, you know, um, I just speak, uh, but besides that, you know, that's pretty, that's, that's my top three, I guess. <laughs> Those are good, man. I mean, one thing that we kind of talk about pretty often, and I think that that kind of goes right along with that is like, man, my, my biggest thing is you've got to use your sport. You can't let it use you. Because at the end of the day, um, not saying that this is involved, not saying that coaches think this way, but the, the sport in and of itself, football will chew you up and spit you out. Football could care less about Drew Dearman, about Chris that. Bay, about who you are as a person. You have to take that sport and use it to your advantage to propel you forward rather than, you know, I remember having conversations with guys that sit in the locker room like, hey, man, I'm going to the league after this. It's like, all right, man, look, dude, you don't even start on our team. Like, let's be realistic here. We're We're a – we're a, you know, a Sunbelt Conference Division One school. Like, the chances of you going pro from here are already this big. Uh, but you aren't even starting yet. Like, dog, you ain't going to the league. Like, get that, prepared for what's going to happen. That's mindset, too. Like, somebody's yeah. there, I mean. Absolutely. There was, a, there was a famous hashtag, hashtag league bound. Yeah. <laughs> it was floating around like, like the coronavirus, you know, at one point. Yeah. Everybody was using that. Um, but, you know, you just got to think long term. I mean, honestly, I mean, the, the people you meet playing football and, you know, through South, I mean, I really made a connection. So, you know, but uh, I agree. What would, uh, or who rather, would you say has been the most impactful person in your life? I'd probably say parents, uh, just, you know, just being there to support, you know, just to kind of be a guiding way, uh, you know, to make good decisions. Not, not making them for me, but just kind of being, you know, the rock and Gibraltar there, you know, just for good, solid decision so um shout out to mary love yeah, shout out to mary love and andy uh, <laughs> i was with them here a few days ago in, in quarantine I had, I had long-term plans but did i had to cut them short my hair my hairs were growing gray a little bit and uh so had to had to come back home so <laughs> but yeah i mean like, good people I and mean, i wouldn't be here without them so our kind of culminating question for, for all of our, our guests on here is what is their individual definition of success? So for Drew Dearman, what do you define as success? I think uh, well, a person that has successful uh, qualities and they take care of their business. Um, you know, they're, 
you know, they pick up the trash. I mean, in, in common terms, you know, they, they're doing the little things, you know, and they're handling adversity. Um, you know, when everything's going well, you know, football is fun. But when you give up a twist, a sack on second down, now it's third and 15. We're all looking at the sideline, you know, how are we going to combat this? So, uh, you know, they're doing one of these, do it again. You know, we don't want to run inside draw again, coach. We want to, you know, throw it long. So, um, but, uh, I mean, just kind of like that. I think, you know, just how you handle your business and just, you know, the adversity, I think, is bad things are going to happen, obviously. You know, it's inevitable. So, um, you've got to be willing to, uh, you know, prepare and act on that. So. All right, man. We've uh, we went back in the archives and found your old, <laughs> old player bio. So uh, let's go through this, man. Let's see how accurate this still is. You ready? All right, let's do it. Uh, yeah, I caught you while you're drinking some coffee there. My <laughs> All right, favorite favorite movie listed is Book of Eli. Hey, Book of Eli, quality flick. Uh, Denzel Washington, you know, really really good cinematic piece. I don't know if I still call it my favorite movie, but, uh, you know, just him, you know, walking the world blind was pretty cool and also uh, having some pretty awesome reflexes for, for high school heavy. I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite teams listed was the Boston Celtics. You're all over the place on here. Boston Celtics, know, right? Ravens, Atlanta Falcons. I think I had just like a big, like, team board, you know, just – Chunking darts at the wall at this point because, uh, I mean, <laughs> I do like basketball. Big fan of the NBA. I like to tweet about it, you know, hashtag this league. Um, but, I mean, I, those are pretty scattered. I might have to dispel those claims and uh, <laughs> maybe choose, choose some new teams on my next round of bios. <laughs> In fairness, the majority of these bios, at least from my experience, we made them our freshman year, and they kept them the exact yeah. same the whole yeah. way through. So. And honestly, if you did change a picture, you'd have the same one all four or five years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I had one where I was a baby face. So we had, I think Melvin talked me into it one time, but we all, like, shaved these weird mustaches for our pictures, and I made mine, like, a little bit too thin, the little, like, handlebar mustache. <laughs> and then I forgot to change it for, like, three years. So I had this, like, massive, like, three, ten – 315 neck picture, you know, with this tiny little weird mustache for like four years in the program. I just kind of forgot to get it changed. So, <laughs> also, that's that's some advice for the guys. Always take good pictures. You never know where they're going to show up on the website, on the big screen, Jaguar Sports Media Cuts. Who knows? You know, so. Yeah, I, I've got I've got your old bio pulled up here. You got that sweet goatee going. You like it? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't show oh, that thing. <laughs> Shout out to the Delta Deli, huh? Don't show that link. My DMs couldn't handle it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got listed for your favorite music here. Again, this is two in a row. Uh, uh, Louisiana, you got Lil Wayne listed. Tim McGraw, John Mayer, and uh, Drizzy Drake. Drizzy Drake. I was, a, you know, the young boy. I was very, very influenced by my music, you know. But I think that's still pretty accurate. I, you know, listening to some Lil Wayne, I – I had a so how old I am. I played some dedication to the other day. Nice. Uh, I do listen to John Mayer still, and also you know I always got some Drake playing. So, um, but I got a pretty wide uh, palette for music. You know, I listen to a little bit of everything, just kind of whatever 
makes me uh, tap my toes, I guess. So that's a very cultured word there. A palette for music. I like, like that. that. <laughs> <laughs> you got listed as your your favorite food, barbecue, full moon barbecue. I would imagine would be a, a flavor up there, or some some dreamlands fairly close to you. Yeah. That's still pretty accurate. It's pretty accurate. I um, mean, we still enjoy some uh, some good sauce and. Uh, there is a, I'm not sure if this place is still open in Mobile, but there's a barbecue restaurant off Schillinger that, that was basically a feeding trough called, uh, what was it called? It was like, uh, are you thinking of Shane's Rib Shack? Not Shane's Rib Shack. It was the buffet place. Um, Sonny's. Sonny's barbecue was basically Sonny's. a feeding yep. trough. I remember going there with an army of like eight or nine linemen and just saying, Hey, We'll have the all-you-can-eat special. Yes. Keep going until we get tired of this thing. Because I got a condition where I need mac and cheese every five minutes. Or I'm going to get <laughs> sick. Yeah, we were doing stuff like that, if you know, with them. So Yes. Uh, but uh, good time. Bama Capers. Um, that, that's a, a name for you. He's actually the one that showed me Sonny's. Back when we used to go and rap in his uh, dorm room, yeah. he had a little studio set up with I, a microphone and – we used to go rap in his dorm room on like Saturday nights at one a.m. There were some, there were so many bars dropped there. I mean, you thought it was a jailhouse. Dude. There was, there was so much heat coming out of that dorm room. There's a, I can't, I can't repeat the famous line that made that place explode. But uh, man, it was some. He had the whole setup. I mean, he had the booth and the little mic, and we walked in. And we're like, man, not bad for for the. The deltas or whatever, but I, I saw him lately. He looks pretty fit now, man. Shout yeah, he, he owns a gym, I think. Now, um, him and Matt Calcagnini both own gyms. Dude, oh my now, god, now yeah. Cags is on a whole nother level. I mean, he I'm fixing the he looks like Cags. a GQ model. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's pissing me off, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's supposed to be that easy. No, but he, those two guys really busted their butt and get in shape, they really are. Inspiring. They did. All they did right, man. Sure. Your last one on the bio is uh, you like to do in your free time hunting and fishing. Still, still hold up. Yeah, I may flip this up. Yeah, yeah. Got there a little go. bit of head in there, uh, but yeah, man, we still, I still do it. Um, we have some family land, so I'm in the land management as well. So we uh, started doing some more assorted tractor work and uh, farm work and stuff on my spare time to kind of take over in the future. But uh, you know, we're still doing that. It's actually turkey season right now, so um, I've been out there hooting and gobbling here to to no avail. Um, but I'll keep trying. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> nice. Well, I will tell the next question is give us one of your favorite memories from your time at South. But before that, I'm going to give my favorite heavy um, memory of us together yeah. at least. So we had, uh, I'll leave the names out of this just, <laughs> just for the safety of those. Curious. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, oh, no, but, you know, <laughs> there, there was a guy that um, will remain nameless that was a recruit that came down to South that, for lack of better words, was a turd on his recruiting visit. It was just real goofy, acted funny the, the whole time around everybody. Long story short, me and Dearman were the ones that were charged and taking care of him. He was um, – we were from, you know, similar areas and, and anyway, so we hung out with the kid the whole weekend, the whole night, and – Finally, we're ready to take him back to the hotel, and he's still just bugging the heck out of us. Just you know, just hasn't got it. Just hasn't got it. No, no awareness of. I mean, he was young, man. I mean, he's an eighteen-year-old kid. Like he, he was the cream of the crop from where he was from. So he, he didn't, 
he didn't know. Um, yeah. In fairness to him, I'm sure that we had some some yeah. similar tendencies on our recruiting visit. I, but yeah. <laughs> anyways, we take him back. Me and Deerman um, are riding in Deerman's truck, take him back to the hotel at the Battle House, and they used to always give us these cookie cakes. Well, we were like, you know what? To get him back, we're stealing his cookie cake. So we take him up to his room, get him in his room, um, you know, hey, man, we're leaving or whatever, snatch his cookie cake and take off running. Oh. Me and, we, I have this incredible picture of Deerman laughing in the elevator with the cookie cake Please. in his arms. Beyond well, me, you know. <laughs> another guy was that um, both, of the, both of the recruits that roomed together ended up coming to South, so we, we didn't do anything wrong enough to keep them from decommitting. But anyways, both of them committed. They get to South and get in the summer. Um, you know, this is three or months later after we've stolen and devoured the cookie cake. Um, <laughs> That thing didn't last an hour and a half three yeah. at the Grove. It was like feeding frenzy. It was, man. It was. So we, we get in the summer, and we're in the middle of a workout or something like that. You know, finish the workout up. Afterwards, the two recruits are kind of sitting beside each other. Me and Heavy are hanging out with them and talking and, you know, just kind of telling stories. and finally we role models, yeah. Yeah. Just we tell a story of – we're kind of telling them, like, hey, dude, you kind of sucked on your official visit. Like, you were, you were a bum, basically. Um, and we were telling him that, you know, in the ice wave. He's like, yeah. He's like, you know, I was a high school kid. I didn't really know about it. We we're like, yeah, dude, sorry we stole your cookie cake. Well, his roommate, um, we had actually accidentally stolen the wrong cookie cake because <laughs> the recruit that was, a, was being a turd had eaten his cookie cake already. So the other one is the one that we stole. <laughs> yeah, and so they were, like, mad at each other for the whole rest of the recruiting visit because – the cookie cake was gone, and we were the culprits of the whole thing. <laughs> Poor guy, because it was – I mean, that was a good – like, I think we, we brought it back to the Grove. I think about, like, 10 people just, just grabbed a slice. They said, man, this is good stuff. Go Jags. Thanks, buddy. Like, you know, please come – please commit. You know, we need you. For um, but, uh, yeah, that was a good time, man. That was um, – I'm just glad they both committed. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I will say as a recruiting host, I think I was I was four for five as a recruiting host. Uh, and, man, we had a good time. But I think my favorite memory, I got a, a two-porter. One's probably the snow day in 2012 or 13. That was a blast. Was absolute madness because I think we got off football in school for like two or three days. And I remember just kind of there was a group text, hey, man, Meeting the Grove parking lot, you know, building 18 or building snowball around this fight, you know, so that kind of thing happened, which is a good, you know, team building experience. And then the other one's not really a fond memory, but very laughable when I, when I remember it. Um, our last year, or I guess my last year, we did this thing called Seal Fit, you may recall. Um, walked into it with no, no idea what was going to happen. We were the first batch at South, and, uh, you know, it was a long, arduous day. A lot of work, a lot of muscles, you know. Uh, and we were tired. I think we started at 4 p.m. or 3 p.m. ended at midnight. And uh, at the very end, we are like, oh, my gosh, we made it. Like, you know, y'all, y'all come up here to stretch. So, all right, thank goodness. You know, we made it. And then so we all get up there. So, all right, you know, we're almost done. It's like, wait, sprint to the pulling back. So we all get up to sprint. We all get As up we're, we're laying on our backs. Yeah. Like they had us lay on our backs and close our eyes, and they said that we were supposed to meditate and box breathe. It did go on, yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, you know, doing the pulse check. Like, uh, I'm still alive. We're almost out of this thing. They said, you know, get up, run to the pole and back. So I'm running. 
And then all of a sudden, my lower back starts cramping up. I'm thinking, oh my God, please not now, we're almost done. And so I'm like, you know, I go to a full back cramp. And so I'm over there like, you know, whatever, they're gonna forget about me. And then this guy on the megaphone, I mean, I mean, it's like it came from the sky. Pick him up and bring him over here. And then so everybody like turns around and I don't, I don't wanna swear on here, hauls butt back to me. And I get picked up like Simba and the Lion King and they're like hoisting me up as a crowd. I'm like sitting on my back, back's cramping, like, you know, pick him up to the finish line. So I mean, I'm being like carried, like crowds are into the crowd <laughs> to finish still fit. And uh, but after, <laughs> after all of that, you know, we got an IV, like we do, let's get some Waffle House, walking to Waffle House and all those still guys are sitting there eating Waffle House and we're like, oh my God, can't get away from these guys. They're gonna be here forever. But that, <laughs> I laughed the hardest about that one though, because it just, I mean, I was just floating with the background, just elevating above the team. <laughs> I remember watching you. Like, I, I remember exactly where I was standing, and they're carrying you, and Heavy's going, ah, ah, <laughs> this whole mean, back's cramping. Yeah, I mean, yeah those, those seals let us have it. I remember the two guys that they talked the most trash to, because I was in a group with them, was Joseph Selfo and Aleem <laughs> Sunanine. They called Aleem Suzanne the entire night, like, and they told <laughs> – they told um, Selfo because they made us roll around in this sand pit and then pick each up and army carry each other through the sand pit. So as a lineman, we're all 300 pounds. They're making us, you know, shoulder carry. It was awful. Well, Selfo's redheaded and pretty, pretty light skinned. And they told Selfo that he looked like a strawberry shortcake. So. <laughs> man, they <laughs> let us have it. They let us have it they that were night, ruthless. man. I were getting hit. Like, cause I was like, hey, man, I'm wearing contacts. Don't spray me with the hose. He's like, what? You're wearing contacts? Ooh, and, like, you hit, hit me anywhere with the hose. <laughs> just like, but that was a good team building experience, though. We're, we're still alive. We woke up breathing the next day, barely. Uh, we, did. <laughs> we did, man. Well, greatly appreciate you coming on and telling some old ghost stories and getting okay. to – Relive those memories, man. Ha had a lot of fun times at South and grateful for the opportunity to have known you and be friends, you know, room together for a little bit and enjoy that experience. It's always good to catch up. Greatly appreciate you coming on. Abby. Likewise, man. Thanks for having me on. It was, it's good to catch up and see both of y'all. It's, it's been way too long since the in-person visit. Maybe after all this the virus comes down, we'll have a little powwow mobile for a, uh, you know, hopefully opening day, you know. Absolutely. We'll see you guys. Go Jags. South in your mouth. Yeah, absolutely, man. So for myself, for JT Crabtree, for Drew Deerman, thank you guys so much for joining us, the weekly podcast for the South Alabama Jaguars. Tune in for us next week as well. Thank you guys for joining us. Inside Jag Nation is a production of South Alabama Athletics. Weekly episodes can be found for free on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and iHeartRadio by simply searching South Alabama Jaguars. You can also go to usajaguars.com and select the multimedia tab. Thanks for listening, and go Jags. Wow!